welcome to FreedomCast, a podcast dedicated to interviewing star icons and entrepreneurs who have encouraged others to become more healthy and active. My name is Ashton, and it's my pleasure to host you as we take another trip through the fitness industry. It's entertaining and informative, and I hope it makes fitness more exciting and special to you in your own fitness journey. FreedomCast is supported by Freedom Fitness Equipment in Charlotte, North Carolina. Freedom Fitness Equipment serves the health and fitness community nationwide, from free weights and strength equipment for home gyms and studios, to cardio and conditioning equipment for commercial spaces. Check them out at freedomfitnessequipment.com. Let's get rolling with today's show. Welcome, Ken. Um, appreciate you coming on the podcast. So uh, for those of you who don't know, this is Ken DeWicky, uh, former, I'm just looking, reading through your bio on Instagram. So former Scotland's strongest man, owner of Sturbo Strength USA. I have questions about that and locations, so stay tuned. Um, but uh, he's actually, and I saw, I was looking through your, your stories. Uh, you're actually on your way back into strongman competition. So uh, yep. how's training going? Good. I actually trained early tonight. Um, so everything's good. I, uh, deadlift in about 14 hours time. So it's nice. a quick, quick, quick turnaround at times. Wow. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's good. Um, I needed the break, I mean, I've not competed in a big contest, um, in about three years now. Wow. Um, and I needed the break. Cause I mean, I, I've been doing it since 2006. Okay. I mean, my first contest was week before my 18th birthday. So, you know, it's wow. been a long, long road. Um, you know, I, I, my body was broken down. The fire had sort of dissipated a little bit. So, you mm -hmm. know, I needed that break. And now, like, being able to actually get back into it is actually really, really helping things. And like, I'm actually way further along than I was. Because even though I wasn't really, I wasn't competing, I was, I was training, I was still training hard, though. So my strength level is still high, you know, which is a nice. And then my conditions come back as well, which is a really nice thing as well. Nice. Uh, out of curiosity, what took you out of strongman? Was it injuries or something else going on? Cer Cer Cerberus, honestly. Like okay. I was, I was the case of like I wanted to grow the business, uh, and I knew that to to do that, I had to dedicate a hell of a lot more time to it. Um, I mean, I was still putting in hard sessions, but when you're trying to train for the levels I was at, like you need at least it's just a whole different ballgame. And then to get the business to where I wanted to get. Know, or start moving it toward where I want it to be, which is what I should, really should say. Um, you know, like the dead, I mean, I was doing 80, 100 hour work weeks just to, to keep it going. Yeah, I was, I was doing a lot. I mean, I, 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 I brought somebody into the business uh, last November, but until then, like it's always been me, just, my, just myself. So wow. you know, I was realistically doing the job of four or five people at times. So um, when you say it's just you, are you talking about as in you are the only person also doing order fulfillment and all of that stuff? Yeah. So for oh, wow. until November last year, for the U.S. side of stuff, it was uh, it was me doing. I was in order fulfillment. I was in customer service, social media, um, any content generation we're doing, warehouse management, stock management. Holy um, shit. Yeah, whatever you yeah, the whole the, the everything, literally everything. <laughs> And yeah. I'm, I'm looking at when I was looking at your website, I, I saw when I mean, you have strongman um, gear for pretty much every application, but yep. uh, are you, do you have, is it a single location distributing internationally or do you actually have physical locations all over the world? So, so we now have physical, it used to be a case. So it originally started, servers started out, um, started in Scotland, okay. uh, 2000, 2012. Yep. And then I moved over here in 2013, and one of my best friends back home, he knows the main, the, the owners, like the guy who's the two guys who started the company. Okay. So when I moved here, they're like, "Hey, like they just started out, like, uh, you know, a couple, about a year and a half into it, sort of thing." They're like, "Hey, do you want to be a sponsored athlete?" And at that point in time, it was literally like wrist wraps, knee wraps, and that was that was all it was. Uh, I was like, "Yeah, sure, like I'll, you know, whatever, why not?" You know, uh, send me some stuff out, and then maybe a few months later, they were like, "You know, did you want to?" do you want to sell some of the stuff? Would you be interested in, in, in going down that route? I was like, yeah, sure. Like, why not? You know? Um, and we started exploring it and started doing it a little bit. And it was like very low key initially, uh, really started taking off more 2017 really. Okay. Um, and then even then it wasn't really, it wasn't high level, you know, it started to grow more. And then when I started dedicating a lot more time to it, summer, end of summer, 2018, um, then it just started really growing then. But yeah, I mean, 
So we have the guys that head office of Scotland who they've got they've got it's under a ten man team or under a ten person team uh, there I should say I think their total staff count is six or seven okay maybe eight maybe eight and um, so they do all the all the wholesale distribution they do European distribution but they have some distributors in uh, you know in European countries as well like they've got Cerberus Germany they've got Cerberus Norway I'm trying to think where else they've got there. Um, Denmark and Finland and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But then you've got, you know, Cerberus Australia. You've got Cerberus um, Thailand. New Zealand's now on there too. And these are all you know, individual distributors who, who have a physical location and, and do for their country. And um, when I, I was the first distributor for the, you know, with the US side of stuff, and I had the whole of North America at one point. Um, but trying to do Canada as well was just not really viable with the custom mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Um, and all that sort of stuff. Plus, you know, being US based, like I wasn't getting that, I wasn't getting that reach, you know what I mean? So um I have, I have a friend up in Canada, so he took it over. So the Cerberus Canada, he's been doing it up there for a couple of, or I say a couple of years, but really he's been doing it since I think he's been doing it in Canada since 2017 now. I think that's when we 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 split them. Um, but yeah, like when it's been in, in the U- US side of stuff, it was you know just me in one physical location. Anything that came stateside comes through that location. Um, and that's it. Like we, we work with like Elite FTS and um, some other you know um, stockists, some resellers, I guess. Uh, but anything that goes into them, it all comes through my location first. Okay, nice. Can you talk a little bit about just back up a little bit and talk about yep. Cerberus and how um, the the company got started? I didn't even I didn't even know that you weren't one of the original owners, and, and then how yep. it's it's grown to be this this national entity yep. or international so, entity. International, yeah. So so basically, um, you know, started two thousand twelve. Um, the two owners, guys called um, guy called Callum Littrell and um, Peter McDonald Brown, they are. No, in the US, in the UK, in Scotland, so Inverness, Inverness, Scotland is where it's based. And um, you know, they've been in, in, in um, you know, the fitness industry for a long time. Pete was, you know, I think one of the, the or the youngest general manager for, um, I can't remember what gym chain it was in the UK, but he he did a lot of that. He was like big up and big in, in that. And um, Callum has his own set of stuff in, in different, uh, he was a lot of IT, but then he was in fitness as well, like, you know, working out and all that sort of stuff. And the biggest thing that for them was like, there was a massive market gap in terms of quality equipment, but at affordable price. Like you'd buy some of the stuff back in the day, because uh, like, obviously at that point in time, there was no SBD, there was no, um, you know, Mark Bell and yeah. you know, these other brands. And, you know, at that point in time, it was like, you know, you get a pair of knee wraps and it's like a pair of bandages, really. And even, you know, even in 2012, you know, like you had bigger brands then. You had, you know, you had Inzer, you had Titan, but even in, in the UK, it was limited. Mm-hmm. You know, being, being American brands, they were sort of limited in what you could get um, or you were ordering it from the States. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were like, well, you know, we want to, you know, provide this. And that's when they started looking into it. Um, and started doing product development, product testing, all that sort of stuff. And that's what really uh, started out. And then, like I said, when I got it here, um, it was very much like knee wraps and wrist wraps, and that was really it. Uh, and then we started doing sandbags and because you no, know, we're all involved. We've all been involved in Strongman, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, like myself, I've been involved for 15 years. And they started doing sandbags and then that's really what got it into the straw in the, the straw man space. Um, and then just identifying, you know, uh, just different products, which were either, you know, either lower quality or missing from a range of times, you know, mm-hmm. um, and then just expanding on that. And, and really that's what's, what's, what's been in the, you know, I think it's pretty safe to say in the straw man space, we are, probably the top player in my opinion yeah. um for for strumming in general in strength sports and um, we're definitely becoming um becoming more more of the top more of a top player awesome. um you know i think uh, over here it's a bit different because there it's such a it's such a varied market in the us um there's a lot of companies um you know but in terms of like i think you've got like the big 3 nowadays is probably like you know like ourselves spd 
Mark Bell, and then you know you've got other smaller companies as well, and um, with you know equally you know equally um, good pro development and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just for, for like that's more of like a powerlifting thing, you know. Yeah. And um, like, like powerlifting has a lot more companies versus strongman, in my opinion. Um, and I think for strongman, that's where we've been involved in it for so long. I think that's why we sort of gravitated that to that more and really made that our focus. Um, but I have seen it now becoming a lot more mainstream as well, like you know, getting into different um, different sports in, in general. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, can you talk a little bit about how? And you're way more involved in this, and obviously, I'm 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 a big fan of powerlifting, so I, I see more in that space. But um, I, yep. my my impression is that strongman is just exploding off the map. Um, and uh, <laughs> the point at which World Strongest Man live streams, I'll be very happy. But anyway, um, <laughs> the uh, uh, can you talk about how that how strongman has started to kind of just take off recently, or have you have you seen any growth in it that's been yeah yeah previous years. Well, I mean, for me, you know, I've been involved in it for so, so long. Um, you know, it was very much a niche sport. for, And it obviously still is. Um, but I think the U.S., because of they have, like, the pro system, mm-hmm. um, that does very well for to, to bring people in because they've, you know, they've got the amateur, the amateur side of it. And then you're, you're, trying, you're trying to get a pro card. Um, and that brings a lot of athletes to it and it becomes a lot more athlete centered mm-hmm. um, and it helps grow the grassroots level of strongman, bring people in, all that sort of stuff. Um, and whereas in the UK, you know, there is, you know, there's no pro card system. Um, and it's basically a case of, okay, you're going to do like a novice contest, then you're going to do like an intermediate and then you're into opens and opens is where you're going to, like you're going to qualify for Scotland's Strongest Man, you're going to qualify for Britain's Strongest Man and then work up your way through the ranks that way. Like UK, you, know, you go to Giants Live, like Giants Live run, you know, Britain's Strongest Man, Europe's Strongest Man, all that sort of stuff. And then you've got um, the people who run UK's Strongest Man. So you're qualifying for different contests that way. But it's, it's more of a qualification system. Um, and then once, but then over here, like once you get your pro card, you can go to certain shows, if that makes sense. You know? okay. But it's still, but it's still pay to play uh, for a lot of them. Um, in the UK, from what I've seen, like I was involved in one of the first um, first Giants live shows back in 2012, I think it was, is that right? Okay. 2012, or 2011, or no, 2012. And it was, um, it was like a qualifier for, actually, no, it wasn't 2012. It was, it was 2011. It was a qualifier for Worlds. Okay. And it's basically like we're gonna get all these guys together. And it was literally in the car park or the you know the parking lot of um Darren Sadler, who's now one of the owners of Giants Live, it's his his gym. Oh no way. And we just all we just all went there and we competed in a you know in a parking lot to see who was gonna be world's strongest man. Uh and then the next year was their first Europe strongest man contest. And that was in a it was in a rugby stadium, it was, I think it was five thousand seats. And they sold it out, and they had, uh, you know, a line around the around the around the block. No way. Uh, and they were able to open up more seats and get more people in there, and then it just grew and grew and grew from being a, from being a more spectator focused event. Like, I mean, I did British Strongest Man two thousand eighteen, and I believe the crowd was between eight and ten thousand. And they've had Europe's Strongest Man, and they sold it out. I want to say it was. 15 or 17,000 I can't remember what it was Whoa. but this very it's very spectator focused and I think that's what's grown it so much you know I think having like you've got the over here you've got the more grassroots stuff and that brings a lot of athletes to it mm-hmm. but in terms of having the actual um, viewership that's all that spectator focused um, side of stuff plus honestly social media yeah social and that's like I was talking to somebody else the other day and like you know, having social media, it's just, it's enabled a lot more for, for the athletes to actually do and grow themselves. Like, you know, like we were talking about like how in the UK there's a lot more opportunities for guys to make this their career mm-hmm. versus having to work a job and do this on the side. And a lot of it's down to um, 
the fact of sponsorships, social media, marketability, being able to actually put content out there. You know, it's like, you know, guys are, they're essentially filming their training sessions now. Yeah. But, but because it's done on such a good professional level, plus honestly having personalities and it's like the Stoltmans, this, like, like I know Tom and Luke personally, and they do such a good job of actually, you know, filming their stuff, filming their training, but then doing stuff aside from that, which is actually captivating and they, they bounce off each other so well. And I think that's really what's grown it, been able to actually almost connect with the athlete more. Mm-hmm. Like when I like when I first started, there was no, I don't think there was even Facebook when I first started. Maybe it just started coming out. I don't even think it was. Um, believe, there was YouTube is probably just starting out, you know? And it's like just having that around, you know, has really changed everything in my opinion. Um, really changed the way you can actually interact with an athlete, see what they're up to, get way more, um, just way more accessibility to the entire sport. And I think that's really what's helped it. Um, and having that uh, that spectator focused side of it has really increased the sport in general. And like I said, then having the athlete focused has increased the participation. Yeah. And, and I don't know about you, but, you know, I've just noticed with guys like, um, Eddie Hall, Brian Shaw, Robert Obers, Nick, uh, uh, Nick best, you know, those guys are extremely, extremely approachable and seem to be, again, I don't know them personally, probably, you probably could speak this more than I could, but I seem to be the same in person that they are on social and in their videos, like, very genuine, very, very kind, like, and Robert particularly like hilarious and that the personalities are, are, are a huge draw to, to those kind of events. Like I was just, uh, you know, watching, obviously I think everybody's watching world's strongest man. And, uh, you know, it's like, go Brian, go, (laughs) but, um, how, so how, how, can you explain for people how strongman training differs from powerlifter and Olympic training and what kinds of both physical and mental demands are required for that sport, um, different from say just general weightlifting. Yeah. I mean, so you've got, it's basically just it comes down to energy systems, you know, so you've got like, if you look at like powerlifting, for instance, you're just maxing out, you know, yeah. I think just maxing out, you know, yeah. but, <laughs> but it's like, okay, you know, you, you know, three squats, three bench, two deadlift, excuse me. And you know you're just all, uh, all just just, just that full full effort in, in those nine lifts throughout the day. Whereas if you can take a contest like a strongman contest, um, you know worlds is different because it's you know a multi day event. But if you take like a, just a general a general contest, um, like a one day contest, you could be it could be a case of, okay, well we're going to start out with doing if we take the final, the final the final of world's strongest man technically could be done on one day if it wasn't for TV and all that sort of stuff, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, okay, well, we're going to start out with heavy, heavy carries. You know, you've got a thousand pound yoke into an 800 plus frame carry, you know? So there you go. Light stuff, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> so it's like, well, here's, well, here's, a, here's a perfect example. So the last, the, one of the last big contests I did was Giants Live North America. It was a one day contest. Mm-hmm. Uh, it ran, there was 10 or 12 of us. It ran um, probably about a four-hour contest. It started out with a, a 900-pound yoke walk for 60 feet, I believe it was. My time was 8.53 seconds. So that's like full blow, full blow, blow like you're, you're just you're sprinting. You know, you're yeah. sprinting. So instead of like that whole like like max out effort, you're, you've got to have a different energy system where you're sprinting down. Like okay. Got that done. Okay, next up is a press medley. So now you've got to have you know the conditioning to now get through four four press uh, pressing implements. But then it's not just like it's not just uh, a clean and press on a log. It's like okay, we've got to hit a dumbbell press, which is a which is one technique. Now we're going to hit a, a block press. There's a second technique. Hmm. Then we're going to go into an axle press. There's a third technique, and now we're going to do a log press as well. So there's a fourth. So you got those different things as well. You know, straight into those that different dynamic there. Um, and then we had to do a deadlift for reps, you know, so it's a 765 pound deadlift for reps. So now you've got to do where, and then, you know, you've got it where 
you're doing your deadlift and now you got to figure it out it's like and i was no it was a heavy pull mm-hmm. and it's like you know you're so you hit your first one you're like okay now i've got to keep going until like i can't go anymore so like and then like you basically hit that like so my my fourth rep was a really really hard grinder oh yeah so you, you got to hit that and I, you know finally locked it out to a very hard pull then you put it down you're like okay i've got to go i've got to regroup and now go again because that's because there's still time on the clock and if i can get another rep yeah it's going to be even even more points you know so it's like it's it's that whole thing where it's like okay i just like you know blowing my load essentially hitting that fourth rep now i'm going to try and recoup in 15 maybe 20 seconds max Jeez. and then go and try and get another one plus like once you once you lose that groove now it's like you're trying to get yourself mentally amped up to go again because you're already gasping for air you feel blowing up the sun's beating down there's all that sort of stuff so you do that once that's events done it's like you know pull a deadlift suit off now we're going to start warming up for farmers walk and chain drag you know so it's like 350 hand farmers into a 700 pound chain you know it's like a 13 second sprint again so now you go from one full blown event now into now into another heavy carry into a drag. So it's two different events and two different style like techniques with that. And then to finish, you got stones as well, which is, you know, it's it's a whole different ball game. So it's like, you know, massive different energy systems, massive different. And then, you know, you're trying to do it where, you know, with powerlifting, you know, if you're if you're raw powerlifting, it's like, OK, what do I need? Belt and knee sleeves. That's it. Right. Singlet. singlet. Whereas in Strum, I said, like, okay, well, for this event, like for yoke, I'm going to use these shoes. And I want the like this soft belt and this and this uh, this hard belt, and I want to use these knee oh, sleeves. Interesting. Okay, now I'm coming into log press. Well, I need I want different shoes. I put my elbow sleeves on. And I've got wrist straps. I might use a different belt. Um, you know, whatever. Oh, and now we've got deadlift. I'll put, I'll put my deadlift suit on. I want this belt. I'm going to not. I'm going to use. I'm going to deadlift the socks. Do I want to use uh, figure eight straps to get into the bar and get strapped in quicker because I'm in a deadlift suit, or can I spend the time and put regular straps on? Or, but you know what? It's, it's beaten down. I'm, I'm pouring sweat. If I use my regular straps, the sweat's going to get in my hands, and is my grip going to go? Then you have to take all that crap off, <laughs> put all this other stuff back on. Oh, now because I'm, now I'm soaked in sweat, how do I uh, avoid the sweat being on my hands for this event? You know, so like, oh, put sweatbands on and use liquid chalk and cover your hands and wrists so everything's nice and dry. And then once you do that, you got to clean all that off and then get ready for stones where you've got your sleeves or you've got your tacky shirt and skin, different right. pairs of, of, of neoprene shorts, different shoes. Do you want these sleeves? Do you not want these sleeves? Do you want a hard belt? Do you not want a hard belt? Like there's so much that goes into it. There's so like, like when I go to a contest, I've got minimum... Uh, minimum two three potentially even four pairs of shoes that fits truck pool as well you know wow yeah like like i go with a I go with a roller bag when i go to contest <laughs> yeah that's crazy it's a it's a it's a big big thing yeah i had no idea well yeah. and, and and there's also uh how so i know you talked about, about this a little bit earlier how cons or how, how um what am i trying to say constructed is strongman in terms of events and the big event versus the smaller events or or is there any sort of um tiering of that thing other than obviously like novice and pro and that kind of in terms of actually event selection in terms of what we're doing at the contest or no sorry i mean um well, if you want to talk about that too, yeah, that'd be great. But also like, I know world's strongest man is kind of the pinnacle, uh, you yeah. know, so like what Brian's just recent or, and, and Tom competing. Um, but then like, I know there's tons of other events during the year. Like I, I know earlier or later last year, I thought it was the same event, but it was, it was labeled something else. Um, and how many of those are there during the years? Are there ones that are bigger, or smaller? Yeah, I mean, we've got like you know the pinnacle. You know, you got world strongest man. World strongest man is like the most marketable. It's because it's a title. It's like the title to have okay. as world strongest man. But the payout, the payout's only just gone up. It used to not be very much. What is it? Uh, what uh, I believe this year was seventy. Seventy thousand. Yeah. Okay. Whereas I believe last year, 
I've not, I've, I was a tester at Worlds for, for a couple of years. I, uh, so I'm out of the loop with the exact pay rates, but it used to be 40,000. Oh, geez. To, to win Worlds for this man. The Arnold for the last few years has been like 75, 80,000. Um, huh. So, you know, that's not massive money. Like, you know, you go to CrossFit game. What does CrossFit win? A quarter million? 200 yeah. grand? What does, what does Mr. Olympia win? 300,000? Wow. You know? Like, so, like, you've got that. So it's like, you know, in Europe, like, uh, like you used to have, like, um, um, Strongman Champions League. And I, I mean, you still have Strongman Champions League, but, like, you know, um, it'd be a case of, like, okay, well, I'm going to compete every weekend because <laughs> I can make X amount of money every weekend, and that's how they can have a career. Oh. So you'd have that, so you'd have that sort of circuit stuff. Um, but, like, you know, in terms of the pinnacles, you've got World Strongest Man, which is going to be, like, the most lucrative in terms of title, marketability, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. The Arnold is probably the most most um, lucrative in terms of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure what the – because you've got – because then you've got World Ultimate Strongman as well because they've got different contests. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what their payouts are, but it's, like, there's there's a bunch of – there's, like, three, three federations, realistically, main federations now. Okay. Um, but then you've got like SCL, which is like more of a tour. And they'll have contests, like multiple contests through the year leading up to like a, like a, like a tour final. Okay. You know, you've got Giants Live, which is the, the official qualifying uh, tour for Wolves from Man. They'll have multiple shows throughout the year leading to a Giants Live final. And then, you know, I think it's um, top three each contest can, can qualify for Wolves from Man. Um Worlds, if they've got you no, know, this is an invite contest as well. You've got certain ways to qualify for it, but then it's invites as well. Uh, the Arnold used to be only invite. Now it's a case of it's all a qualifying system for the Arnold. Okay. Um, and that's why Brian didn't get that last year because he didn't he didn't qualify, even though he's won it multiple times. He didn't qualify, so he didn't get the Arnold. Okay. Uh, and then in terms of the event selection, like the like obviously that's what that's the other thing that makes Strongman hard. Or and, and vastly harder in terms of preparation for than say powerlifting. No powerlifting, you've got squat bench deadlift. You're using, you know, potentially three different bars. Mm-hmm. Uh, Something you know, in the IPF, you're using one bar. Right. Whereas in strongman, it's like okay, you know, I could have, you know, for overhead alone, you could have log press for reps, axle press for reps, Viking press, block, dumbbell, uh, and maybe a max. Um, you could have a natural stone press, which then that like, changes things all together. Um, you know, you've got different log log widths. So, like, you no know, Gregor um, Gregor Emmons, who was the equipment manager for Worlds, mm-hmm. used to make a lot of their stuff. So uh-huh. the, the 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 logs at Worlds, the old logs you see at like 2012, the mm-hmm. wooden logs in the final, that's a 26 inch handle spacing. Whereas a lot of the stuff that Rogue makes is a 24. And um, you know, you've got the log of the Arnold, I believe, is 26. Uh, no, it's the log of the Arnold is 24 because Slater made it, but it's not a 12 inch log, it's like an 11.7 inch log, hmm. you know, because it's because it's not because it's, it's made from wood, it's just a different, different style. Um, you know, then you take, you know, you've got the you've probably got r- rough estimate. 30 potential events. Wow. Okay. And then I like, see like the loading medley, the, the loading medley that was for the heats at World's Strongest Man this year. Uh, you know, in previous years, it's been like the small, the small um, beer kegs or sandbags or maybe the anvils. Yep. Well, this year, and like, like you're carrying it through sand or carrying it on the ground like over, over tarmac or loading it to a platform. Well, this year you had two big whiskey casks which are not like they're they're big. They're probably yeah. fifty inches tall. They're four feet tall minimum. <laughs> Pr- pretty like w- w- you know well like w- wide around, and you got load two of those and an anvil then into a frame carry. I've never actually seen that at Worlds where you've got the load stuff then into a frame carry. Um, so like that changes the whole ball game too because normally like once you get done like like Worlds is typically like three or four or four, yeah typically four implements to to carry and load. So we just did three of those implements, and then now you got to do a frame too. Or a couple of years ago, um, there was a medley, like a loading medley in the final. And it's like, okay, well, here's a safe. You're gonna load a safe. You don't practice like you don't have that to practice you know, with. <laughs> like, like you, they'll just be like, okay, well, what's what's you no, know, what do sponsors have 
for instance, like the, like the deadlift in the final this year, like that, like that Mac deadlift. I mean, it was it was it was a it was regular height. It was actually lower than regular height than mm-hmm. regular height, I believe. Um, but it, that, even that just changes it because you know, guys who want to roll their deadlifts in, you can't roll a you can't roll a steel box in. You know, even that changes everything. There's so many little things that change the entire plan. You know. Like, you know, Brian, a lot, um, I used to train with Brian, so he would roll his deadlifts in. Mm-hmm. So now he could pull himself down and get super, super tight. Right. So like that, change, that changes the whole thing there, you know. So you, there's no rolling. You have to just figure out where you want to be, how to get tight, you know, force yourself into that different mentality. Uh, or car deadlift. The, the, the car deadlift frames at Worlds are different to the car deadlift frame at X gym, which is different to the card of the frame at Y gym. Yeah. So even that changes everything. You know, there's so many variables. It's absolutely it's it's almost when you actually sit and talk about it, you're like, oh my god, like it's it's sort of overwhelming to actually really get into the 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 depth of it, you know. Yeah, it, it was interesting talking. I talked a little bit about equipment with um Gabby Burgles or um America's strongest woman, and she yep, yep, she yep. mentioned the you know the axe or not the axle, um the yoke being at, at, at yeah. a different, all different manufacturers make them all different sorts of ways. I always thought there was some standardization across strongman. But. You've got, there used to be a thing called IFSA, um, International Federation of Strength Athletes. It ran for about four years mm-hmm. and they actually standardized equipment. They actually had a rule book with standard equipment. And, but generally, no, like there's, there's really not like, you know, one thing that, um, some guys will do is that they will know their yoke height by because what they'll do is they'll measure the bottom of the bar on the yeah. yoke they train at home. So because when you go to con, there's no, there's no standard holes or anything. So you want to okay, well, where's where do I want to be? Mm-hmm. And then but but then a lot of the time it'll be a case of oh well you know my yoke height is 54 inches. Oh well I can choose either 52 or I can choose 56. What do I want? You know and then then that changes based upon well how heavy is it. Mm-hmm. How heavy is it? Am I injured? Like if you if it's a really really heavy yoke, but you know what? But you know once you've got it up that you can move with it and you you can really haul ass. Yep. You might you might choose that fifty two inch pick because then means that when you're running with it, if you get off balance at all and it swings, you're not going to catch an edge. Right. Whereas if you choose the fifty six, then you'll get off balance. You can dig the front end, and now you have to pick it up all over again. You know, so even that's the strategy wise comes into that too, you know? Interesting. Yeah. Well, and I think that's what the appeal I, for me personally, that's why I like watching some of the strongman stuff because of such the things they, like you mentioned the safe, like the weird things they throw at people. It's kind of fun, fun to watch because yeah. you don't know if you don't know what to expect, that kind of increases the intrigue of the entire event, yep. especially yep. if the audience doesn't even know right up until the, the final day. Yeah. Yeah. No, and that's it. You know, it's like, you know, like when they when they um they announce stuff like, oh, it's going to be Titan's turntables. Like, well, what's Titan's turntable? You know, it turns out it's a you know a damn train turntable with a train on it. The guys are going to push around in a circle. You know, it's like you can't realistically you can't really train for that. No. You know, you can do little things. You can do a vehicle push, or you can do you know a yoke push, or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. But overall, like you can't really train for some of this stuff. You know, same with the deadlift. Like, okay, like, okay, I'm going to deadlift. It's a well, no, seven seventy deadlift for reps. Cool, no problem. I'll train that. But then, when you've got a longer bar, and the thing is, the bars of worlds they're thicker as well. It's, mm. it's, it's a it's an Ironman S cube bar with like I mean, I think the total length is like fourteen feet. Wow. Uh, the sleeves are huge. <laughs> so just even like that, even that having that that bit of a thicker bar changes the way you want to pull. You know, and then again, you can't roll it. You can't whatever. You know, it's just everything's changes it's really really just you go to contest like, okay well i know some of the events but then you don't know them as well if that makes sense yeah no that makes total sense is um with strongman equipment i'm assuming because of the weights that they're pulling that it's got to be constructed to just be absolutely freaking indestructible what what's the the composition of some of the like these wraps and the uh the shoes that you guys are wearing i mean are they are they overbuilt on purpose or are they kind of built like you would see any other powerlifting equipment? I mean, they can be certain things, you know, you know like some of our stuff is uh, like say our sandbags, for instance, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, I'm trying to think. It's like, I think it's like four, four, I have it on the website. I should have like, should have double checked it all. Oh, that's okay. But it's like, 
it's like four bonded um, or four layers and then bonded thread and all that sort of stuff and you know triple triple stitching and all that sort of stuff just to make sure because you know if you're throwing down a 200 pound sandbag you know one of the problems we'll get is that people won't fill them up as much they'll be uh-huh. like oh well I, I only want well, so this 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 sandbag is going to take a, a 100 kilo capacity because all sorts of metric mm-hmm. Okay, so it's going to take about 220 pounds of sand. But then it's like, okay, well, depending on the sand as well, that changes it too. You oh, know? Right. Um, so it's like, oh, if I only want a 200 pound bag, if you put it in, well, when you drop it, the sand moves around. Hmm. Excuse me. So what that then does is that if you have that movement of material, that's going to put extra force in the seams. So those, all that stuff has to be reinforced massively. So that you're not going to have any problems of a seam blowing out or things of that nature, you know. And then when it comes to stuff like you know, wrist wraps, for instance, well, you know, we're notoriously aggressive at times with our stuff, and you know, you're putting it on aggressively, you're amped up for, for a max log or, or whatever it may be. So you know, even like stuff, certain things have to be stitched on a bit a bit harder, um, just to ensure that like you're not going to pull the velcro tab off or you're not going to pull the, the, the elastic loop off or things like that you know yeah yeah i, I can imagine yeah i i just uh, the, the amount of weights you guys are pulling are just mind-blowing to me um thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds and and two oh the the one thing i wanted to ask too you mentioned that one event that you were in where it's a bunch of stuff almost back to back for what did you say four hours Whereas with some of these events, it's over the course of multiple days. Are they still yep. stacking things that close together or are they giving people time to breathe in between and spacing no, it out? No, what, what they'll do is with worlds, because they'll do set changes and all that sort of stuff, like you may have an event at 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. So say, for instance, like all the groups did that medley, the, the first medley. So they all got through, they all did that. So then you've got to reset it each time too. And then once you finish with that, um, I'm trying to think what the first what event it was on, I believe they had squat or deadlift on um, day one too. Okay. So it's like, you know, like say for instance, you're group five and you have, or else say for instance, you've got your, your group one. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're, you're going at 9 a.m. You're doing your medley. But now you've got deadlift as well, but they're going to do squat first and then they're going to do deadlift afterwards. Mm-hmm. You might not be deadlifting it until 5 p.m. Oh, wow. Okay. You know, whereas in a one, so like you have a bit more recovery, like a lot more recovery time, but then the, on the other side of that is that you now have to like switch on for that medley, bring it all down for the rest yeah. of the day, chill out, and then bring it back up at 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you're doing like an arena show, like British Royal Manor Giant, like the Giants Live Arena show, or you're doing like some of the Giants Live stuff here, where it's like this live crowd, uh, and obviously World's Live Crowd is a different type of live crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, whereas if you've got like a live crowd for one of those cons, like okay, they've got ten guys, we're gonna run through this, and it's just like go go go. Okay, yoke's done, pull it out, guys. You've got ten minutes. Like uh, wow. we 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 when we did British Rogers Man, there was ten of us, I think, ten or twelve. I can't remember what it was. Um, we did five events in three hours. And that was, yeah, that was uh, log press ladder. Then we had car deadlift. So those two were set up simultaneously um, so that as soon as, you know, we were on car deadlift, the, the logs were out and they were getting everything else set up. We did, log, we did, we did car deadlift and then we had to go into a uh, loaded medley. Once that was done, then it's like, you know, we go into a, uh, another, um, like a, a static hold, like a you know a hammer hold, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then and then into stone. So there's something else. Oh, yoke, and then you go, then you got yoke walks. So as soon as that's done, then the yokes are coming in, and then as soon as that's done, you know you got um, uh, what's it called? Uh, stones. So everything's staged. Like everything's in the like, behind. Like, when we did British Runners Man at, at um, Sheffield Arena, like you have the first two events staged, literally as. You the background and behind the curtain, you've got the yokes are ready to go, which are on dollies, so that as soon as something comes out, they can be they can be wheeled in straight away. Wow! The stone the stones are all on, um, you know, all on a pallet, so it can be straight in. You know, it's it's, it's a big production and it runs really really fast at times. So it just change that changes how you do it as well because you 
you don't have a time you don't have time to calm down you're just amped up yeah and then you're, so you're you're amped up the entire day and then for each event you're picking and picking and picking and picking yeah. so you get done with four three four five hour show and it's like okay i'm fucking shot you know yeah like i'm absolutely shot oh that was okay guys you're gonna do a vip meet and greet <laughs> after that which i mean i'm fine with that I, it, yeah, yeah. it doesn't bother me one bit it's i, I enjoy that sort of stuff and it's like okay get back to the hotel oh, hey, we've got dinner for all the athletes and guests and stuff. You know, that's going to be in an hour's time. So you're literally back to the hotel, you know, you're trying to clean tack you up, you're trying to bring yourself down, get cleaned up, ready to go out, and then, you know, chill out and all that sort of stuff. So it's definitely a day, definitely (laughs) a day, or a a couple of days at times, you know? Yeah, no kidding. So my question is, how in the heck do you keep from passing out because you're literally maxing out every single like if you're back to back to back you're maxing everything out i can't imagine the kind of conditioning and not well focus yes but conditioning and the amount of training you have to do leading up to it but like your 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 ability to produce force has to go down at least somewhat over that three or four hour stretch or is it just your the adrenaline's pumping the entire time a, a, lot, a, lot, a lot a lot's adrenaline but then a lot of stuff like um you know the the, the training environment you know like it's real i mean like you know if you look if you actually look at a strongman contest mm-hmm. um like say like, like giants live for instance the one in, in north america realistically my total output for the day you're looking at three minutes maybe okay three 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 because you've got like okay well i did the yoke in in 10 seconds in like eight and a half seconds yeah okay so, so that's done oh and now i'm doing the press medley in i think i did it in the three i was five three i think i did three and 35 okay so now you, so there's 43 seconds mm-hmm. Okay, deadlift, you're probably looking at 45, 50 seconds, probably 30, 45 seconds. Mm-hmm. So now that you're saying a minute and a half, for instance, you know, okay, and then you've got that. So now what's next? You've got the farmers farmers and, and drag. That's mm-hmm. 13 seconds. Now you're at like, what, a minute 50? Mm-hmm. And then 25, 30 seconds for stones? So realistically, you're not even hitting three minutes of work. But when we're training... Like it's multiple, like today. So for my, my training system today was a pump through, it was an upper body pump through to prep peak for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But this, the very first thing I did is it's called heart shock. Okay. <laughs> it's basically you're going to, you're going to jog for a hundred feet. Then you're sprinting a hundred feet and then you're dragging a sled for a hundred feet. Ooh. So it was like, it's only a 300 pound sled, but it's on, it's a hundred feet on asphalt. There's stones everywhere. And uh, there's like you know, the asphalt's being fixed. So when you hit those those fixes where it's like, you know, that like, like those, I don't even know what they, what they use. Patches, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pa- almost patches. <laughs> so it's like, okay, oh, so it, it hits that and then you slow down. Then you got to try and speed up again. So you finish that. It's about, you've got like a minute of work for that, probably less at times. Then you've got 90 seconds rest and you got to go again. So then you're just peaked, you know, and then like, you know, you go into, okay, now I've got to do a hundred band pull aparts. Then I'm going to do, you know, these, this, this superset, uh, two sets of superset with two exercises is a minute of work each. So there's two minutes of work, mm-hmm. so a, a, a minute off and then into, into again. Oh, now I've got, you know, uh, three sets of zero acceleration pull downs with 10 reps with a minute and a half of, of, of rest. So now you're looking at, you know, that's like a minute of work and then a minute and a half and then a minute of work and a minute and a half. And then you've got something else to finish. Whereas then tomorrow, it's like we've got the warm-up stuff and then it's like six six fours on deadlift with two minutes rest, you know? And then we're going into, I think it's like row, I think it's Penley rows. Mm-hmm. And then you go do, then you got to do this other thing. So it's like, it's a lot of like, a lot of volume at times. Yeah. Um, With short rest periods, so your conditioning goes way up and then just conditioning work in general as well. Mm-hmm. Just, just be, to be cardio, um, be able to like have your cardio. Because if you have a, like your cardio is high, then you can just recover faster through the whole day. And I mean, yeah, your power output is going to come down slightly, but realistically, because we were so conditioned to just putting out a lot of volume in like a two-hour period and like going constantly, and that's one thing that my coach really pushes hard is like, keep going, keep going. Don't don't rest too much. Like just keep oh, going. Wow. Once, once you've hit your thing, get into the next one. Just keep, keep banging through type of thing. Um, 
like when you get done with it, like, you know, you have that little bit of downtime to then get ready. You can pull it down, but then like the adrenaline is so high as well, you know, mm-hmm. like it's, it's like the adrenaline peaks are massive. So even though you might be tired, it's like, you know, especially if you're in front of a live crowd, yeah, you know, it's like, okay, it's, 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 it's all, it's go time. It's like, you just sort of condition yourself mentally as well. It's like, okay, I, even though I'm tired, this has to, like, I, ha- I can't slack at this. I have to go balls to the wall uh, and, and, and get it done, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your, your training that you're doing and yep. what kind of events you're going for. So can you talk a little bit about the kinds of things that you have to do to get ready sure. for strong time? So, yeah. So I mean, I've got like, um, so the contest I've got coming up is called official strongman games. It's in November. It's done in okay. Detroit, uh, Detroit beach. Uh, the events was a three day contest. There's a little bit more like worlds mm-hmm. because there's a lot more, there's a lot of classes there for, mm-hmm. for different, for men, men and women, different, different, uh, weight classes and all that sort of stuff but my events is um we log press for reps so it's clean clean once and do as many reps as possible you can put it down if you want and re-clean it and hit more reps in it but it's a minute time limit so that's 365 pounds um for as many reps overhead as, as you can wow so that's that's the event one on day one event two day on day one is a thousand pound car yoke for i think it's 50 feet nice. fastest fastest time wins so you got that so for right now, we're, we're, we're just focusing on log, getting technique dialed in again. Um, I've been push pressing a lot because I was like, okay, well, if I, I, don't, I used to jerk all my stuff. And I was like, well, if I do push press, maybe I'll be a bit more stable for, um, you know, just, just consecutive reps. Mm-hmm. It's, not really, it's not really translating. So it's like, okay, let's go back to jerk because like the, the way I have, the way I, I have, want to have it in my rack position, my power, my power generation is not transferring through. Hmm. So now it's like, okay, let's, let's just shift back to the jerk on uh, this coming Monday and we'll change all that stuff and we'll dial that in. We've not hit yoke yet. And we hit farmers very mildly just to, just to have some moving stuff. And we're working on conditioning a lot right now, but because I mean, be, having been in the sport for so long, mm-hmm. I know how to, I know how to, to, to do yoke log. You know, so that now it's just getting the getting the legs conditioned and all that sort of stuff. And um, so day two is, is going to be deadlift. We've got is a deadlift ladder, so it's four deadlifts on four different bars. So you have to deadlift the first one's six seventy-five. Uh, I can't remember the numbers two and three are. The last one's eight fifteen. Okay. So you have to pull your first one and then transition to each bar as well. Um, and then they've got a carry and drag method. So that's where this conditioning stuff's coming in. Where it's like so for that one, it's a three hundred pound sandbag for fifty feet run back, grab a 320-pound Husafel stone, carry that 50 feet, then drag the whole sled back 50 feet. So that's where this is coming in, where it's like, you know, the, 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 the short jog or the, 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 the you know, slowest jog for the 100 feet, sprinting back the 100, like a transition for coming back to another implement, and then getting into the drag and just pumping the legs so that when it comes to contest, we're not, like, like my... my uh, and because I mean, a lot of it's anaerobic capacity versus aerobic, you know, um, like even even though you're breathing, you're mm-hmm. you're you're just you're draining yourself pretty quickly. Yeah. Um. So being able to just keep driving through, even if you're tired, and keep the speed going with the like, leg movement, you know. Mm-hmm. So you got those, and then we have day four, uh, three is throwbacks, um, which in itself is not like it's that's a whole different approach. Where it's like something like a log press, you can be super aggressive with. Mm-hmm. Some because you have to, like you can muscle it and all that sort of stuff with a throwback you you want to be so low key and calm that it's unreal hmm. because as soon as you get aggressive and you start trying to throw them then you start muscling you start flexing you stop and you stop extending so then you actually lose power uh. lose transferability because you're trying too hard and huh. um, so that use a different approach and then stones is is the last event so um like we've tested this is where some of my stuff is like we know like my stuff my first stone session back in about uh, two years, I think it was, I hit a 378 stone for, for reps. So I'm like, okay, I'm not worried about that one, you know? Yeah. Um, but but throwbacks, because I'm so used to being aggressive, that's where we're like, okay, like bring it down, keep it lower key, and, you know, work on that mentality of relax and, you know, power, power it through type of thing, you know? Um, so a lot of the stuff right now is, you know, we have... Um, 
like repeatability days where it's like basically just this upper body session where it's like you know do all the, the heart shock stuff and then do the the pump through blood flow like hypertrophy work type of thing mm-hmm. because everything because everything is so posterior chain that's where we're hitting a lot of that stuff okay and then you know on, on, on day two it's going to be like the log press stuff so we're hitting all our log we're hitting um then tricep specific stuff in terms of like floor press mm-hmm. and then tomorrow it's all deadlift and then you know pen the row for picking a sandbag up off the floor and then just hamstrings just for general hamstring strength power health all that sort of stuff you know sure so in terms of days on versus days off are you taking any days off during the week generally yeah right now i've got three off okay three, um, on. Okay. three off so the way i sort of do it is um this week is a bit different, um, like weather and stuff. Through when, when you have to go outside and do throw bags, you have, sort of have to dictate the weather a little bit. Right. Um, if I, even even like sled drag wouldn't be as bad because it's like you know I can I can drag a sled in the rain. That's not a big deal. Yeah. But throw throw bags are a little bit different because you're trying to be so explosive. You're trying to, uh, you know, you're gonna hold on to the bag and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. So like you know, normally what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to do like Monday, Tuesday, and then Thursday, Friday. Okay. Um, and then ha- and I have my weekend because my gym's inside my warehouse. Okay. Uh, I have my, my own private gym in there. So I'm like, nice. if I can have my weekend away, then it just it just lets me de-stress from work as a whole. Um, whereas this week I did like, you know, Monday, Tuesday, two couple of days off because I was feeling pretty tired. Did today and then I'll go to a different gym in the morning because it's just it's, it's just deadlift. I don't have to have specialist stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that gets me gets me out of my gym, gets me in a different environment, gets me lets me chill out a little bit more. Um, and then like on the off days, it's a case of you know I will uh, I'll take the dog for a walk. We try and hit like seven and a half, um, yeah, seven and a half to ten thousand steps a day is what we're aiming for. Okay, uh, I'll do I'll do recovery work. Um, you know, so I got the power dots. I'll put those on. Normally, like what I'll do is I'll get home from training or work get my dinner ready, I put toe spreaders in and I sit and put a movie on because I've got one of my issues with my feet my foot health. Okay. Um, got, really, got really flat feet, so we're trying to get that arch going again. Hmm. Um, so try to do that stuff, trying to do, you know, just general rehab, mobility work. There's a hell of a lot that goes. So real, realistically, while it is an off day, it's not an off day. Yeah. You know what I mean, like, like it's, there's always something to be done. Sure. No, that, that totally makes sense. Um, can you talk a little bit about the mindset too, in terms of training and how much of that mindset you need to have carry over into the actual events? What, what would you say, say, for example, you know, you can, you, you know, you can deadlift, you know, uh, 1200 or 1500 pounds, but you know, the event itself is only going to be a thousand and you go in knowing that, but how, how much of it is, you know, the mental aspect percentage wise and how much of it is like, I know physically I can actually do this crap. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of it is, you know, just knowing you can do it and being comfortable with that. Um, that makes a big thing. Cause like, you know, if you, if you go into an event and you see this a lot with amateur athletes where mm-hmm. they will be like, Oh, well I've hit the contest week before. Excuse me. I've hit contest week before, but I need to hit it again before contest. Like why? What yeah, you already know you're you know you're strong enough at the start of your, your training cycle. Uh-huh. So why would you not be strong enough now? You see this a lot with like with, with moving events. Or oh, well, I need I need to hit contest yoke again. Like you don't like just work on speed, like work on foot speed, work on moving ability and all that sort of stuff, so that you're actually moving well. And um, but a lot of it is, and I've been guilty of it as well in the past, where it's like, oh, I need to be I need to know I'm strong. You know what I mean? Uh... Um. So, I mean, for me now, I've got a lot of it. It's like, okay, I know where I sit type of thing. Mm-hmm. But then, I mean, even when it comes down to this, having that confidence, but, but even having the confidence of what your abilities are, sometimes it just doesn't go to plan. And then that's where it's, like, it's a whole other mindset where it's like, you know, being able to be like, okay, well, if event one sucked, I still have another four events or five events today. How do I get my mind off of this one and then move on to the second one and actually have a good event here? Because I've seen it many, many times where, like oh well it's like oh, well you know log press for instance sucked log sucks log sucks log sucks log sucks oh I'm up on yoke 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 oh my god yoke sucks too oh they, I just had two bad events oh and, I'm just, and you're focusing all on those bad hmm. whereas it's a case of like oh and like no like, okay log sucked but now I can still make up points here you know right so it's it's just like you know the mentality and the mental approach of it is a massive thing um 
and I think it changes with age as well, honestly. For me, like, you know, being when I was a younger athlete in this, I was confident, but there was still like that doubt, you know? Uh, and then the other, and then the other side of it is actually enjoying it. That was one thing I didn't do a lot of the time was I didn't I took it extremely seriously. And obviously it is very serious, mm-hmm. um, and you want to progress in the sport. But I always found when I had my best um, results in contest was when I actually was like, okay, I'm here. I'm going to enjoy being here. Hmm. I'm not going to put stress on myself. I know I can do this stuff and just do what you like. Do like just do what you know you can do. And if it's good enough, it's good enough. If it's not, and someone beats you, then shit, okay, that's the way it goes. And that was like, you know, whenever whenever I had my best results, it's like I mean, I just enjoyed being there, you know. Sure. Being, I've been very focused and very, you know, switched on. Yeah. Um, but just enjoying the whole deal too. So like, it's a the, the mentality of it is it's just different. And it's like, like I mean, it's just different from going to a Parliament contest where it's like amped up and whatever. Like it's just a just changes because again, like you know, you can go in and it's like, you know, even in warm-ups. I mean, and this is this carries in parallel too, where like you know, warm-ups can be feeling like crap, or they can be feeling great, and then you step out onto the platform and it's just completely U-turns, and then for what was feeling great now feels like crap and you missed what you were gonna do. Or then the other problem you've got is that, you know, at times uh, at strumming contest, you may you may warm up on implements. And then they may take they'll take them away to go to the, do the event. So now, what do you keep warming up? So then they have they have it a lot at the amateur level, where it's like, oh well, you know, we need X implement for all these lightweight classes, but you're the last heavyweight going, and you're going now two hours later. So how do you not, so now you've warmed up? Oof. How do you how do you actually now go into the event when you've not had hands on with anything for two hours? Hmm. There's no point warming. There's no point warming up beforehand you know so like even that changes the, the changes the dynamic of stuff you know yeah oh wow i didn't realize that there's a there's a lot that goes into it yeah yeah uh going back a little bit to uh cerberus in the business um have you been able to um develop or design any of the this sorry i lost mine there we go any of the equipment that um, you see out on the website or are you taking and iterating on um, a lot of the stuff that's out there and trying to make it better? We've had, we've had some, some um, stuff. I mean, being in the sport for so long, you know, you, you, you train with certain things like, you know, d- different sleeves, different belts mm-hmm. and things of that nature. And you're like, okay, well, you know, this has been around for 15 years, Yeah. but this, this, this could be so much better. Yeah. So we'll you know we'll make some changes on that. Whereas this other stuff, it's a case of, you know, we'll go and make our own our own stuff, you know, as well. So, um, you know, I've had stuff where it's like, oh, hey, can you test this? Get X product sent over, and we'll sit and work on all that sort of stuff. And it's like, hmm, like this is actually like just different from something that we've we've had before. And the nice thing is because we've all been in it for so long. Mm-hmm we sort of know where things stand and what actually helps the athlete and what doesn't, you know? Nice. Yeah. Well, you're living and breathing strongman, So that's, I'm sure that's extremely helpful. And do you guys yeah. get, do you guys get together virtually too, to discuss we will. You know, all that kind of stuff? Yeah. yeah. I mean, like we have, we have like a pretty much an open door policy, the three of us where it's like, you know, now it's harder because we're all so busy. Yeah. Uh, especially the guys at head office. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I'm I'd be if we don't even phone call, we'll video call every single time. Like, I talk to the guys, it's all video call, um, unless we're driving, and then it mm-hmm. goes obviously just through the truck. Um, but yeah, we'll have stuff when I go back to Scotland to visit family. Um, I'll go into head office and we'll sit down, and we'll talk, and, and all that sort of stuff, and we'll go through what's coming up or, um you know what could we do better what what's you know what's maybe a you know a, a, a shortcoming mm-hmm. um or you know what do we have on in the pipeline that you know we th- it's a it's a good product but we're not ready to release it yet because there's certain like we won't we won't typically put anything out unless it's like we're on point with it you know yeah so you know it's like even that it's like you know um like our soft belt that soft belt was in um, um, development for four years. Wow, three or four, three or four years, 
um, because I was like, yeah, this is just not, it's not ticking all the boxes, huh. you know, like, like let's, we're not, we're not putting it out. Like, let's make it good. Like, make, make it, like do it the way we want to do it versus, you know, just putting it out there. Right. Or just cranking something out from a factory. Just exactly. To make, yeah. Exactly. Just to copy somebody yeah. else. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, what's, uh, uh, any any new designs coming down the pipeline that you're excited about or are you able to talk about? Yeah, I mean, we've got a lot of stuff in, in the pipeline. There's some stuff I can't really talk about. One, The one thing I, I'm really excited about is uh, we've got our barbells coming. So like, the, UK, nice. the, guys in the, U, the guys in the UK have all their stuff. Uh, mine is currently in transit. Mm-hmm. Um, leave end of July. So we've got like the power bar, squat bar, did the bar. Nice. A GP, a GP, which is just a Cerakote finished general purpose bar. And we actually have a safety bar coming as well. I saw that. Um, yeah, that looks yeah. awesome. Oh my gosh. Yes. I'm super <laughs> excited about that. Because that's, that's that's the one thing I don't get the hand, hands on with because it's so, it's, 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 it's a lot harder to get products like that over here. Yeah. Versus a sock prod where it can go in a mailer, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I do have the original, one of the original prototype deadlift bars. That's what I pull in every week. Um, and I love it. Um, so I'm excited to get all that stuff over here. And then um, we just released a new smell and salt a couple of days ago. It's like a eucalyptus and menthol. Um, I don't know if we have it over here, but there's back home, there's a thing called, it's called McKenzie's Smell and Salt. So it's like a different brand. Okay. And they're old, so they're old school. Um, and that was like what all the, like all our, the original like smell and salts were back back in the day with like over here, like obviously it's like the snap caps. Mm-hmm. Back home, it was like, okay, like you go to like Boots the Chemist and you have this little, it was like a little, it's like, you know, um, it literally would come in, you know, a brown glass, um jar this was a little thing mm-hmm. with a little cap and, and and it was like they were they were really good so like that was one thing like we have like you know the the three hellfire and then it's, it's gonna be a part of the hellfire ranges as well mm-hmm. um so it's just called hellfire sub-zero and uh, that one's i'm really looking forward because forward to because that was like it's like a, it's almost like a throwback to the ah. old school type of salts you know yeah. So that's one that, because it's like, you know, for me, like I'll use like our regular ones. I'll use our extreme. I don't use our Hades because it's so goddamn strong. <laughs> it's For me, it's too much. I, oh, can't, wow. I, I don't know how, I don't know how people handle it. I saw Dave Tate with Elite. He put, they put a video up a couple of weeks ago where he just, he cranked it and just boom. I was like, dude, you're like a madman. <laughs> no, I don't know how he did it. And then, so for me, getting these, these are on, that's on a boat right now. Or actually, yeah, I think you're on a boat today. Mm-hmm. So that's here in a couple of us states in a couple of weeks. I'm like actually really excited about that because that's like that that old school throwback. I'm really really amped up for those to come across. Nice, that'll be awesome. Yeah. What is it? What is it in those ammonia? Uh, 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 like ing- um, the way they make them that makes it stronger or less strong? Is it the con? Is it the concentration of ammonia it's or is it some be, other? It's gonna, the, it's gonna it's gonna be the concentration as well as just the, the just the amount, honestly. Okay. And that's going to be, be what it comes down to. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't personally use them. I just know that they're nasty. <laughs> they'll, they'll wake you up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they definitely do. And then for me now, it's like, you know, like this times where I, I know I don't need them, but yeah. I'll use them because it's such a mental cue now as well. You know, mm. I haven't, haven't used them for, you know, 15 years. Mm-hmm. It just, it's like that other extra little switch that flips, you know? Yep. Yep. Yeah. They're, they're getting increasingly popular. I remember I didn't, I don't think, I don't think I saw a single person using ammonia as of, oh, maybe even probably five years ago. And then all of a sudden they just started popping up freaking everywhere. Um, so that was, that was, that was really interesting. I wonder why, oh. do, I mean, is, is, was there a reason that they started getting more popular? Um, I mean, you had like some of the original brands, which were, which were popular a lot. I mean, I think what really sort of changed it was like people would start doing like scented ones. Okay. I think that sort of, I think I think that sort of changed it a little bit. Okay. Um it's not really my style, if I'm honest. Yeah. <laughs> if, I'm, if, I'm, if I'm using ammonia, I, I don't need I don't need my ammonia to smell like whiskey or I don't need to smell like whatever. The menthol and eucalyptus, yes, because it actually it just opens you up a bit more, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I found. But yeah, I don't need it to smell like, you know, unicorn poop or whatever. <laughs> I have no idea what they do nowadays. <laughs> Massonomics came out with one that was like ale scented. I'm like, who? Yeah. Like, 
you guys. I just... couldn't focus on it. I wouldn't be able to focus on it. I'd <laughs> right, like, right. I'm like, I'm like mm, I don't think it smells like ale. I'm not sure. I love the guys at Massimoix, <laughs> but for me, I'm like, I'll just stick to the regular stuff. Yeah, it's like I want a beer now. Seriously. Well, um, so, yeah. That's hilarious. Well, that's awesome. Um, well, I'm 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 uh glad your training is going so well. And you said that that event is gonna be in November of this year. Yeah, November. Yeah, I think it's uh twelfth to fourteenth, I think it is. Okay. Fantastic. Yeah. And uh is that something that people are gonna be able to watch um as it's happening or are they gonna record it? I believe there's a live stream. As far as I'm aware, there's a live stream. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. if you go to, like official like, like I think it's like a strawman.games is their website. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Um, well, thank you so much for be being willing to come on and, and talk through not only Cerberus, but also uh, Strawman in general. That was, sure. I really, I, I don't get to talk to a lot of people about that particular sport because it's still, like you said, it's still coming on. But um, yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm looking forward to the future and what that has in store and that what the kinds of things and, and that that are being marketed around that sport so can you sure. tell people where um they can find you and obviously find cerberus yep. so if you for me personally uh all my social media is kn strawman mm -hmm. uh and then cerberus you've got cerberus underscore strength uh is the main page and then you've got cerberus underscore strength underscore usa is our usa instagram and then uh, if you just literally if you if you're on facebook you just type in cerberus strength usa you'll find it'll pop right up and then in terms of the website for if you want to buy any of our products, it's cerberus-strength.us. Fantastic. All righty, Ken. Well, best of luck. We'll be uh, tracking you it. in your training. And uh, uh, I wish you all the best and uh, hope first place finish in November for sure. Me too. Thanks. I appreciate you having me on. All right. Take care, Ken. Thanks, man. You too. Bye. Thank you for listening. Please give FreedomCast a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. It would mean a lot, a lot, a lot to our business. Plus, it's fun to read y'all's reviews. See you next time.